My goodness. Good morning. How you guys doing this morning? It is so great to see every single one of you here today. And uh, just really quick, that was Curvin. He's been a great friend of mine uh, for about the past 10 years. And uh, he's everything I wish I was, right? How many of you I'm talking about? But he is, uh, they're on tour, and they're doing a just a great tour going from Texas all the way to California as well. He's based out of Louisiana. And so make sure you connect with him after the service as well. Also, if you're a first-time guest, let's just clap one more time. We're so honored that you are here today. And my name's Jeremy, and that was my beautiful wife, Lindsay. And after this uh, worship experience, outside in our beautiful courtyard, we have a meet and greet. We would love to meet and connect with you. We would love to hear your story, uh, hear how you found us, and just really what God's doing in your life, but simply just to connect with you. Plus, we got light refreshments and food out there. Amen? And so check that out as well. Also, we have a wonderful kids experience, uh, Avenue Kids out there in the main area. We have four rooms, and I got to tell you, uh, even last week, we had over 70 young people, 70 young people out there, fifth grade and under, and our team handled it. We have rooms for more, and we just really value Avenue Kids. So you have a little one, feel free to take them out there, check them in, come back in here and be kid-free for about 45 minutes, all right? And enjoy your time as well. And so I'm just honored every single one of you are here today. And if you were here last week, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're welcome. That's all I got to say. I did it. So we're in a series called, that was a little inside joke, all right? We're in a series called This Is Us. This Is Us. Now, the series might not make you cry like the TV show does. I'm speaking for a friend, all right? But we want to really introduce who we are as a church, what we believe, what kind of church we're going to be. And this is just simply uh, just stories of what Jesus has done in our life as well. So last week we did The Way the way, how to prepare the way, how to go the way, how to go on this journey with Jesus. Every single one of us, we're just one step going in the right direction. It's not about levels, it's not about events, but it's simply a step. And so I just want to encourage you, you can even go on online, avenuechurch.cc, watch that message, listen to that message as well. And so I'm going to jump in, if that's all right. And so turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to have it on the, on the big screens and the Jumbotron and all that. You can pull up your iPhone, your Android, your iPad, and you can even tweet me, Facebook me, whatever. Feel as comfortable as you can, but let's follow along to John chapter 14, verse 1 through 7. And John's part of the Gospels. <laughs> Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. And I don't want to get serious just right off the cuff, but I read this just before I got on stage about 30 minutes ago. And I just want to really encourage you today that when Jesus told this to the disciples, he said, let not your heart be troubled. It's not a heart thing, but he's talking about, you know what, you don't have to worry. You don't have to have fear or anxiety. Don't worry about tomorrow's going to bring. I'm here for you today. And so I just want to believe that over your life today, that we're not called to live in a life of worry and fear and anxiety, but we're called to live a life that is life-giving. Amen? All right, let's, let's, we'll, we'll stop that. All right, here we go. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go prepare a place for you, that Jesus is going before us. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself 
I will come and get you, and I'll bring you. That where you may be also, and, and you know the way that I'm going. There's always our heart here at Avenue Church to find the way to Jesus Christ. And Thomas said to him, I like Thomas because I can relate to him. Lord, we don't know where you are going. Where are you going? You keep like talking in like these parables and these stories and you're very vague. Where are we supposed to go? How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That no one comes to the Father except through me. That we talked last week that what Jesus does is he doesn't just say it's that way, but Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. I'm the life. Why don't you walk with me? Why don't we take this journey together and we're going to grow in relationship with Jesus? And so I want to begin to uh, break that down today because today is going to be about the truth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I'm thankful that we are surrounded by friends and family today. Now, Father, I'm thankful for the first-time guests that are here today, God. That, Father, I pray according to your word that you uh, make it make sense today, Father. That, God, I pray that we have some aha moments according to your gospel, Father. That, God, I thank you that Jesus lived a life that was blameless and sacrificial all for us. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name that everybody said, amen. Now, I... Uh, I brought, thank you, Mr. Keegan. I brought my coffee cup up here this morning. And uh, raise your hand if you value coffee, like you enjoy coffee. Coffee is a, and uh, that's why we have free coffee in the lobby, because at Avenue Church, coffee should be a core value, all right? We're trying to work on that as well. And so I brought my coffee up here because every morning I stumble out of bed, and I know I'm an extrovert and I'm exciting, but in the mornings I'm uh, slightly different, all right? In the mornings, I'll wake up, and I'll stumble my way downstairs, and, I'll, I'll, you know, I don't turn lights on or nothing, all right, because that's wrong. I mean, I'm talking about. I'll find the coffee maker, and, and I'll put my cup in there and brew my coffee and hear that sweet aroma. That's like Jesus, right? Taste and see the Lord is good. And, and so I brew that coffee, and I put creamer in there, and, and I don't like my creamer like this, all right? I like my creamer like this, all right, a little bit, a little bit of light, you know. And so I put my creamer in there, and I'll sit down in my favorite chair, get my word out, and so it's me, coffee, and Jesus. That could be the Trinity, all right? Me, coffee, and Jesus. And that was my routine every single morning. Finally, my wife, she wasn't a believer, but I finally got her drinking coffee after like five years, all right? I got her going as well in our marriage. Why? Because I'm the head of the house, okay? And I got to lead her the right way. Well, when Jesus spoke to us and he said, I want you to go plant a church, we said, okay, Lord, you know, where? And we began to pray about where, what location should we go out of state? Long story short, God said, southwest part of Las Vegas. So we took a step of faith that every single one of us, we're going to take a step in our journey with Jesus. But sometimes it's got to be that step of faith. When we step out and say, okay, I'm going to do this. So we sold our house. When our house sold, we said, oh, great, we're homeless, all right? So we bought a house in the southwest part of town. And we decided to renovate it. Why? HGTV. Yes. Love it. We no longer have cable, by the way. <laughs> or Pinterest. That's another one. But. So we decided to renovate our house. And, men, you know what I'm talking about. You still got that bathroom that's under renovation after two years, aren't I? I get it. I understand. 
So we just decided to renovate our home, and we uh, graciously got to live with our in-laws uh, up on Sunrise Mountain. And, uh, you know, we, we shared a room, and in the morning I would wake up, and uh, I would stumble out of bed. I would make my way to the coffee machine, and I love you guys. They're in service, by the way. Uh, I love you guys, but I would wake up, and I would get up, and my in-laws have already been up like six hours. They're on their fifth cup of coffee. The coffee machine's out of, out of service, you know. There's no water in it. What's going on here? And I got to say, as a man of God, I still love Jesus after living with my in-laws, all right? I did it. I did it. But I tell you that because after what was supposed to take four weeks, like my wife's like, babe, we got this, four weeks. Gentlemen, hire everything out, all right? So what took four weeks actually took eight weeks, and we finally moved into our home. And I kid you not, the first thing I set up, was my coffee machine, got my cup, got my creamer, went to bed. And, and you might say, are you really serious? Yes. The mornings I don't have coffee, I just go back to bed. It's not worth it. Like, why? And so I woke up, and I went downstairs, and I grabbed my, my cup. I put it in the coffee machine and got to sw- smell that sweet aroma in my new home, put the creamer in there, and I went down in my chair, and I sat in my chair, and I got my Bible out my first morning in my new home. And I sat there, and all of a sudden I hear, ding dong, the doorbell rang. And I said, who in the world is that? 6 a.m., by the way. And I answered the door. It's my, it's my other father-in-law. And he walked in and said, I can't believe how close we live. <laughs> and he came and sat down in my chair. I said, praise God, yeah. Here I am, Lord, send me, right? As we begin to take a look at the Gospels, this look at Jesus' life, then we're going to begin to talk about the truth. And so I want us to go to John chapter 4. We're going to go 10 chapters back, and we'll go back to the cup thing in just a moment. But what, here's what I like about Jesus is that whenever Jesus taught, he worked it out in his own life. That this is us here at Avenue Church, that our desire is, is that the Word of God is living, it's active, that the Word of God is full of truths for our lives, that the Word of God will begin to speak to us, that more often than not, when we say, I need to hear the voice of God, we need to open up the voice of God. Then in John chapter 1, it said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So this is the living Word, and we believe in the Word of God. And so what we practice, we're going, to be, we're, we're going to practice what we preach here at this church. That we want to be a life-giving church, but also we're going to be a church that's accountable to the Word of God. We're going to be a church to say, where is it in scriptures that will lead us to this? This is our foundation, and this is our accountability. So here we go. We're going to go in John chapter 4. I got serious for a minute. I'm sorry. I'll back up, all right? So John chapter 4. I want to read in verse 3. And, and this is a story where Jesus, and this is a true story. But Jesus is going from one place of ministry to another place of ministry. That he went from town to town, city to city, healing the sick, uh, all those great miracles in his life. And this is what he does in John chapter 4. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. So he's going from one city to another city, from Vegas to Mesquite, all right? And this is what he says. And he had to pass through Samaria. He had to pass through Samaria. I want you to catch that. He had to go there. So he came to a town called Samaria, called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Jacob. I want to read this real quick. I'm just going to keep going, huh? I want to read this real quick. 
that the Bible says that Jesus had to go to Samaria. Now, there's something significant when you begin to read and, and study what Samaria is, that Jesus was part of the Jews. He was a Jew. And, they, and Jews, as they begin to travel to uh, the west, they would begin to go around Samaria. That the Jewish people would actually totally go out of their way to avoid this place. They would go out of their way to say, you know what, I don't want to go there because they have mixed cultures, because they're not very godly. And they're not like us. I want to tell you here at Avenue Church, we're going to go out of our way not to avoid people, but we're going to go out of our way to love people. It is our desire to meet people exactly where they're at and say, where's that next step? How can I love you today? That I'm not here to say, you know what, I'm going to judge you, I'm going to hurt you, I'm going to harm you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to love you. So he went out of his way to go to a place called Samaria. The Avenue Church is a place it's okay not to be okay, but we don't want you to stay there. It's okay not to be okay, but we believe that there's a life-giving message for your life, and that is the Gospels. That they avoided Samaria because it was a place of mixed culture. That here at Avenue Church, we see everyone the same. Here at Avenue Church, we operate in love and not hate. We don't say, you're not like me and I'm different from you. We look at one another and say, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. This is what we believe as a church. And here it says that he, Jesus went to a well in the middle of the day, in the sixth hour, which was noon. And Jesus told his disciples, hey, guys, I want you to go into the town and get food. How many like that? A food run. Yes, Jesus. All right. We're going to do a food run for you. At Avenue Church, we believe in food. Amen. Come on. So he goes to a well, and the Bible begins to say that a woman came to the well. I believe that Jesus said, boys, I need you to go into the city because I made an appointment with a woman who's not waiting for me. I made an appointment with someone who's walked through these doors this morning, and they're simply looking for something else in life. They're dry. They're thirsty. And Jesus says, boys, go into town. I'm about to break some rules. I'm, I, I'm the loving Savior. And this is what the woman says. She comes up to the well. And Jesus, she brings her cup. And she's ready to, uh, to quench her thirst. So she goes to the only well in town. And Jesus looks at her and says, will you give me a drink? Will you give me a drink? And she says, uh, no, 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 you're, you're, you're a Jew, and I'm a, I'm a Samaritan, and, and you're a man, and, and I'm a woman. You're breaking two rules right there. We're not supposed to have this, this conversation. Man, it is my desire for you this morning to walk in and say, why is everyone so kind? Why is everyone so loving? Is this uh, artificial? Is this fake? It is our desire this morning to say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to go, go cross barriers. We're going to break some rules here today. Why? Because we don't live on culture's rules. We don't live on, uh, on judgmental rules, but we live on the Word of God. But also, this woman, she came to the well at noontime. You have to understand, noon during that time was just like noon in Las Vegas in the middle of August. Nobody goes out noon in the middle of August in Las Vegas. Now, I'm from North Dakota in the winter. We stayed inside at all times with a heater and a fireplace. In Vegas, same concept, right? We stay inside with the AC cranked up. We're half naked. We got all kinds of pool, water, and all that. And it's hot here. 
But she came to the well at noon, which seems to tell us that she's trying to avoid some things, which seems to tell us that she was possibly full of shame. Now, I want you to understand that this is an outcasted city, but she herself was an outcast inside the city. And she goes to this well, and she has some shame in her life. She feels an outcast. She's trying to hide some things. She wants to be isolated. I have, I have often found that in isolation is when the lies of the enemy begin to come in. When we isolate ourselves and said, you know what, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not fixed enough to go to church. You know what, I'm not, I'm not well enough to be in a community of believers. I, I, I'm not well enough to get to Avenue Church. I, 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 I need to get better before I come to a place. But how many know this is a hospital? It's not a place for perfect people. We're all messed up, and that's just my team, all right? That's just us. But I have often found in isolation comes attacks. That is why we value community here at Avenue Church. That we're about to launch groups, and our groups are small groups, they're free market groups. We have groups for men where we can go uh, motorcycle ride. You come together and you say, all right, let's pray together real quick. I read something in Scripture this week. I like what Pastor Jeremy said, and let's go on our motorcycles. We're going to have Bible studies. We're going to have all different various types of groups, marriage groups, uh, uh, young mothers with babies groups, all kinds of groups. But we believe that you're not meant to do life alone. There are often times in Galatians chapter 5, verse, verse 1, it says, Stand firm, you have been set free. That Jesus wants to set you free. John 8, 32, the Bible says, The truth will set you free. So it's his, Jesus will always forgive us. Even last week, we saw 37 salvations last week. Where Jesus begins to set people free one at a time. He's going to meet you right where you're at. But he will always forgive you, but his, it's not his job to keep you free. That's what community is for. That's what accountability is for. To do life with others, to say, hey, you know what? Uh, we've been together for a few weeks, and I trust you. That I trust what I tell you is going to stay, in, 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 you know, stay between us. That the Bible says when we confess our mouth to one another, that God is faithful and just to heal us. That we believe in groups that there is healing that takes place. So verse 9, the Samaritan woman looks to Jesus and she said, how is it that you would you asking me for a drink? And Jesus answered this, and he says this. I love this statement. He says, give me a drink. Excuse me. If you knew the gift of God and who is it that is saying it to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Living water. There's many truths in our lives, but there's the only the truth that will quench your thirst. There's only the truth of God in your life that will begin to reveal and begin to restore in your life. That Jesus said, I have water that will quench your thirst that you're not even aware that you need. It, go, it goes beyond a physical thirst, but a thirst that you've been trying to quench your entire life. That we believe that Jesus wants to set people free today. Amen? I want you to understand that it's only in truth can we be free. That many of us will we'll bang our heads up against the wall. Say, I want to be free from this. And I want to be free from that. And I want to be free from guilt. And I want to be free from shame. But it's only through the word of God that we can be free.
And here's the next thing that Jesus says. Jesus says, do you want this living water? She said, yes, I want this living water. And I love this. Jesus begins to ask a leading statement. He says, go get your husband. Now, I don't know if you have ever been uh, told a leading question. You know what a leading question is? Where my, perhaps my wife will go, hey, honey, um, you're, you're going to do the dishes, right? That's a leading question. That is telling me what to do in a form of a question. It's terrifying when she does that. I'm just chilling out, watching TV, watching a football game. Um, you're going to do the dishes, right? Y- yeah, right. I'm right at you, babe. But this is what Jesus says. Hey, we love each other, I promise. I promise. But he says, go get your husband. And this is what the woman said. I have no husband. See, this is what truth begins to do. Truth begins to reveal. But I want you to understand, truth reveals in such a loving way. Jesus says, you're right in saying I have no husband. Now, if I was your pastor, you'd probably fire me, all right? Like, go get your husband. I want to have a husband. You're right. Oh, I know what you've been doing. For you've had five husbands. That's not very welcoming, is it? It's like, dang, I'm, 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 I'm going to leave. All right? I'll watch you online. And the one you have now is not your husband. Truth begins to reveal. Truth begins to go into your life and say, hey, you have this insecurity in your life. You have this shame in your life. You have this guilt in your life. But I want you to see her response. She simply says, this is true. That is the truth. That by her response, it tells us that Jesus confronted her with grace and with mercy. That truth without grace is simply rules. But Jesus said, you've had five husbands, and the man you're with now, the sixth person, is not your husband. And she says, this is true. That Jesus said, I have living water that I want to give you today. That this woman, she went to the well with her cup, and she went to a well and said, I need to get quenched of my thirst. And Jesus said, yes, this will quench your thirst for maybe a day, maybe two days, maybe a week. But I have something that is living. I have something that will set you free where you'll never thirst again. So you might say, what does that have to do with, with, with coffee, right? Coffee always starts, yeah. But for many of us, for her, it was the five husbands and the sixth person she was with trying to find fulfillment in her life to say, will you complete me? That the only man in our life that can complete us is Jesus Christ. Maybe for some of us, we have, you know, maybe five cups of, of mistakes. And we're on our sixth mistake right now. Maybe some of us in this life that we're saying, you know what, I've been screwing up. I've been living with some secret stuff in my life, and I'm trying to quench myself. I'm trying to do something in my life so I feel better. I'm trying to do something in my life so that I have purpose. And Jesus said, all those things will never quench your thirst. Why? Because I created you. Why? Because I created you for something better. That God has given us a purpose in our life. That when you accept him, step one is know God, step two is find freedom. We begin to find freedom, God begins to reveal in our life things in our life that are holding us down, things in our life that are keeping us from him, things in our life that are keeping us from joy and peace and, 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 and joy in our life. 
but also it begins to redefine. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had some, a lot of company come over a new house. Now, I'll tell you what, you know what keeps you accountable and keeping your house clean? Bringing people over, right? Oh, somebody's coming over tonight. We're vacuuming, we're mopping, you know, throw away the couch, somebody sat in it, you know, and, right? How many know what I'm talking about? The whole thing gets clean. So we clean every room, we vacuum every single thing, and, 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 and so if, you're, if, you've been, if you've been to our house, just, you know, we, we care about you, that's why. But everything's spick and span and clean. How many know what I'm talking about? Except that one room. Right? Some of you are looking at me, huh? Ladies are, mm, don't talk about the room. With a room of, of unfolded clothes, right? It's got a big old mountain of clothes or the room of, of leftover things or boxes or dead bodies. I don't know. Something's in there. When you're going on a tour with somebody, you go, oh, this is a great room. And look at this room. And you go, what's this? No, no, don't worry about it. No. It's just a door, you know. I tell you that analogy because Jesus wants to go into your house. And he wants to clean out every single room. And he wants to say, you need to stop hoarding this in your life. Stop hoarding the guilt. Stop hoarding the shame. I want to clean that house so that you're not ashamed to invite someone into every single room in your home. That you have nothing to hide. That that guilt and shame now becomes a testimony in your life. To say, hey, I dealt with it, but I'm no longer ashamed of it. But I'm going to use that for God's glory, and I want to help you together in community. In Jesus' name. So truth reveals, but also truth begins to restore. we got a great team called Crossroads, and they're going to do something real quick. to tell you that you were born into chains. Chains that you never even knew were there. 23.5 million Americans are addicted to drugs and alcohol. 14.8 million deal with depression. And around 15,000 people are trafficked into the U.S. every year. These may seem irrelevant to some of you, but even you in the contentment of your very own existence, have shackles that restrain you from living the life that you were born to live. The land of the free has become a home to the slave. Our lives are only flashy when the sun hits the ironclad chains that remain on the wrists of our forefathers since the beginning of time. You see, the foreman of the plantation on which you were born into was known by the name Sin. And his master, Satan, used to hold the key to our freedom. But a man came 
and led the greatest rebellion of all time as he fought not with a gun or a sword, but with love. And nailed to a cross, his love ran red as the chains broke off and this man named Jesus conquered sin. He broke open the gates of the plantation and for the first time in a long time, a new generation bolted from the gates like a horse in the races. Did you ever think that a simple introduction could save you from a lifetime of self-destruction? Majestic are his ways, mighty is his name, and matchless is his love. My friends, there are no chains strong enough to tame the furious love of our Father and King. Jesus, great is his love to be covered in the same skin that he wrapped his very own creation in, just to bleed on the cross and be spat on. Oh, great is his love, his unwavering love that stood from the throne, just to search through the crowds of dry flesh and bones in order to breathe life back into you. Great is his love. That'll meet you on your darkest night, to tell you everything you once knew is truth was a lie. There's no bondage that can restrain you. Addiction has lost its power over you. Depression and anxiety must bow down before perfect peace. Your past is covered by unrelenting grace. Therefore, fear not, for your Father has redeemed you. He has called you by name. Give him your rags and he will bestow upon you a crown. You are royalty in the family of the Most High God. There's a life that awaits you. But your chains keep you from it. Jesus, only his love. His undeniable, untamable love has the power to break those chains. A love so strong that nothing, nothing, not life or death, no sin or shame, not past or present, no fear, no worry, nothing, nothing can separate us from His love. His, His love, love brings, brings death, death to, to chains. chains. Here's what I want to close with today is that the woman came to the well with her cup. When she came to the well with the cup, she was trying to get satisfied. And here's Jesus. He's like, give me a drink. And she said, you don't have a cup. And he said, if you understood who I was, that you would know that I'll give you living water and you'll never thirst again. That means God wants to give you purpose in your life. God wants to take away all hurt and pain, guilt. Because there's a big word called justification. That when we say, Jesus, come into my heart, be Lord of my life, the Bible says that we are now justified, just as if I've never sinned. That he says, I don't look at you as a sinner anymore. I look at you as a son and a daughter. So if we begin to fast forward, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in Easter. The Bible says on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he went to a garden and he began to pray. Because he knew what was coming before him. He knew that he was about to be beaten and bruised and placed on a cross. He knew that he was going to wear a crown of thorns and his beard would be plucked out. And he would die on this cross. So he knew the pain that was coming his way. But he also knew that he would die. And three days later, resurrect again but he says a statement in that garden he says let this cup pass from me 
Because he knew about the pain. He knew, what, he knew what he was about to endure. But he said, nevertheless, it is not my will, but you'll let your will be done. That Jesus, who was blameless, who was sinless, who was tempted by all things, who was born of a virgin, lived here on this earth, he said, I will take the cup. I'll take the cup of shame, the cup of sin, and I'll die on that cross, and I'll pay the penalty for what was due to us. That's the kind of Savior that we serve, the one who stood in the gap for us today. That you might say, how do I receive this? You accept the gift called salvation. That Jesus came to the woman of the well and said, you you have six husbands, and and you have five husbands, and you have a sixth man. Here's some things you need to do to get right. He didn't say that. But Jesus said, receive me, that I have a gift to give you today. That though she had five men in her life, and she was with a sixth person, that Jesus entered her life as the seventh man, which was the number of completion. He says, I'm here to complete you. It is not what you're doing or what you've done, but simply receiving me. So you just bow your heads, close your eyes just for a second. This is something we're going to do every single week. But I want to ask you today to give us a step. And the step I want you to take today is to accept Jesus into your life. To ask for forgiveness of your sins. And allow him to be Lord over your life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that is you today, just for privacy and for respect, will you just raise a hand and say, I need Jesus in my life, and I want to accept him as my Lord and my Savior. I don't want to live in guilt and shame. I see those hands. Thank you so much for those hands. You can put those hands down. Let's clap real quick, and let's celebrate. People have taken a step. Because there is a God in heaven who wants to give you living water. If you raise your hand, starting March 5th, we have Grill Track, where we want to help you to know God, to find freedom, but also to discover purpose and make a difference. Did we say, you know what? What I've received in return, I'm going to give. Will you stand with me, please? And I want us to just take a moment, and we're going to listen to this song. And I want you to reflect and begin to celebrate what Jesus has done. What manner of love is this that you will lay down your life? You paid the price, the sacrifice for redemption. Now I am determined to know Christ in him crucified, now alive in the power in me.
Amen. I love what Pastor Jeremy said, that truth, yes, it reveals our need for Jesus, but it redefines who we are. Amen. We are righteous. We are holy. We are blameless, all because of what Christ did for us. So if you were here today and you said, yes, I want Jesus, I want to take that next step with him, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward again. We would love to connect with you and help you walk that through.